Good evening, everyone. Happy Saturday. It is May the 8th. My name is Andrew Boulay, and this is Borderline Brilliant. Welcome, everyone, to the inaugural episode of Borderline Brilliant. This is a new podcast that I am starting right out of my home studio, which is all geared up in aquatic theming, as some of you may already be familiar with the aquatic brand. For those of you that are not familiar with Aquatic, it is an organization that I run that is dedicated to esports and gaming and is continuing to grow in both the social space as well as the business sector. Now, this podcast is not just dedicated to esports and gaming, but in fact is going to be a mix of a bunch of important and current topics. I've spent my life studying a vast variety of subjects, and I thought this would be a good way for me to share some of the knowledge that I have with both the aquatic community as well as the general public. Borderline Brilliant is going to be available on both Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts, so feel free to enjoy it wherever you typically listen to your standard podcast. Now, on occasion, it will be just me here from my own studio. On other occasions, I'll be bringing in special guests from the community, from the various industries that we're engaging upon, as well as special industry insiders. But you'll have to wait to see more about those as we roll into those various nights. Now, typically, these are going to be pre-recorded podcasts that you will be able to find right here in your preferred listening method. However, the last Saturday of each month, you'll be able to open these up on twitch.tv slash Neptune and dive in to see myself interacting live with the community. You'll be able to ask questions and receive back some answers on topics that may be important. So if you enjoy Borderline Brilliant, that's going to be a great way to dive in and get a bit more information. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with who I am, That twitch.tv slash Neptune is a bit of a hint. So I go by the name of Neptune in the aquatic community, and that's spelled a little differently than you typically would find. That is N-E-P-T-J-U-N to spell out Neptune. You can also find me on Instagram at Neptune Gaming, where you can see some of the things that go on in my daily life with running the esports organization, as well as the other software organizations that I work with. Now, tonight is, again, as I had mentioned, the very first episode of Borderline Brilliant. And because of that, it's probably going to be a little shorter than your typical one. We just kind of want to get our feet wet here, test the waters, and give people an understanding of the type of content that you'll be able to expect from these podcasts going forward. So because of that, I looked into some of the biggest topics that both the aquatic community has been bringing to the table as well as some of the various topics that have been posed to me as questions over LinkedIn, or also across Clubhouse. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Clubhouse, it's a fantastic social media network where people are meeting up together, talking about current events, talking about things that's interesting them, and then trying to just generally understand various different spaces. And one of those topics that continues to rise are something that's called NFT. And yes, this is probably something that you've been hearing more and more about, but I know it's also starting to get very popular 
in the esports and gaming space, as well as the payments space, which is another sector that I have a lot of experience. Now, before we dive into tonight's conversation on NFTs, I do want to give you a little bit of background on my own history inside of this space. Now, I am in the software development field. Uh, However, I also have a degree in cybersecurity. And because of that, I've done a lot of research into cryptocurrencies. I've also actually built a few of my own cryptocurrencies. Some I've sold off successfully uh, to other organizations, whereas some I've kept on the back burner for perhaps some future projects. On the payment side, we're also working with my, one of my organizations to build out a really beautiful set of cryptocurrencies to unlock the potential of the fintech space. Of course, being in the gaming sector and also in the social sector, I also have my eyes on NFTs as a whole to get an understanding of how they're being used in this space and how they're going to continue to grow. For those of you that run aware, my organization is also working on a project called Control. Control is a brand new social platform that's going to allow gamers to truly unlock their full potential inside of this space, and we've been doing a lot of research into how NFTs can incorporate and expand inside that area. Now, what exactly is an NFT? I think we need to start right there. Well, for starters, NFT stands for Non-Fungible Token. So let's first start off by understanding the difference between fungible and non-fungible, right? This is a non-fungible token. So what exactly does that mean? Well, a, something that is fungible means that it can be traded for something else of the same value, right? So let's think about like American currency, very easily tradable. If you were to hand me a $10 bill, I could hand you back two $5 bills for say, right? And that equals the exact same value. Perhaps you could even hand me back a piece of gold in exchange for the value of the currency that I exchanged you. All of this is exchangeable at the exact same rate. Now, non-fungible would mean that something is derived by the market right? So it is not always going to have that exact same value. So think of something like a piece of artwork or a house, right? Those do not always hold the same value. If the market is booming, right? A house may be worth a little bit more. If the market is slow, well, then you may not be able to sell your house for as much. And so there is not a guaranteed value of what that's going to cost. So again, think American currency, right? The USD, you always know where that is going to stand, what you can spend it on, what it's going to be worth. However, a house changes on a regular basis. So a house would be non-fungible, whereas a, the US currency would be, again, fungible. Now we get to that last part there, which is a token, right? And that's this idea of a certificate that is traded over one of these blockchains, right? And so we're going to go a little bit more into blockchains in a future podcast. I think we'll probably be diving into that, maybe not next week, but probably about two weeks from now, because I know I want to bring on some additional individuals to have some conversations with, talking more about blockchains and exactly how all of that works out. Tonight, I really want to focus on the understanding of NFTs and where we can use them in the future. So the first question would be, what are some popular NFTs that are currently existing in the space and what exactly can they do? Well, NFTs are fantastic for creators. And when I say creators, I don't just mean the individuals that you would typically see on something like Twitch 
or on YouTube. But think anyone that's creating something in the digital space. So whether that's an artist, whether that's a musician, whether that's someone creating a social post, there's even been a repeated sale of some tweets that are now starting to trade out as NFTs. What's really great about this is that NFTs assign a code to a unique item, right? And so there is only one item assigned to that code. Now, there could be multiple similar type items that are assigned to different codes. However, there will only be one code per NFT. What's great about this is an individual is able to then purchase that code and they hold the license to that particular NFT. Now, it comes down to the creator to decide exactly what that license is going to allow for the purchaser. In most situations, you can think of it as art, right? So when making that purchase, they get their very own exclusive piece of art that they can store in their computer, that they can store in some sort of a gallery. There are lots of fantastic online galleries that allow you to host these NFTs. There are now software platforms that are allowing you to dive in and see and view these particular NFTs you've purchased. Now, think about that in the same way that you would think of a piece of art that you can buy from the store. That's something that you can hang on your wall, and again, you own that. You have the right to look at it whenever you want. You know that that is yours. The same thing is happening if you were to, by chance, purchase some artwork in the form of an NFT. Where this gets a bit more interesting is creators that create the particular NFT can add some benefits to holding that token. For example, if you were to hold a fantastic piece of art that a local artist created, perhaps you could dive in with them every Friday and see them painting their latest work of art, right? Whether that's digital or physical, that they're creating that painting. Perhaps they're streaming it on something like Twitch, or perhaps they are creating it in something like Photoshop. You'd then have the ability to have a private screening to them because you hold the license to one of these NFTs. Now, when you exchanged that NFT or you sold it off to somebody else, they would now be the individual that has the license to come in and view that private stream. It sticks around with the license holder that holds on to that token. Now, it's not just paintings that we're talking about or digital art. There are all sorts of other things that can fall into this. Perhaps it's a song that was created. A artist could give you that exclusive right, and you have the ability to sit and listen to that music whenever you want, knowing that you are the owner of that particular piece. We're also starting to see it becoming more and more popular in the digital collectible space, uh, you know, such as with the NBA, where you can now dive in and capture onto those various popular NBA moments, which really, really is pretty darn cool because at the end of the day, people love to collect things and this gives them a new way to jump in and get digital collectibles. So there is a ton of talk about how this is going to continue to capture the collectibles market. Let's actually stop and talk about collectibles for a second because there's a huge opportunity here. Think about the world right now and what's been happening. If you've been following the news and you've been following social media, you may have seen that things like Pokemon cards or Magic the Gathering have been selling like wildfire. Now, some of that is because 
People have made it a bit more popular, such as Gary V, to make purchases and then to resell these particular cards over things like eBay. Now, let's think about those in a digital space, right? There's a limited amount of cards that exist in the world. Now, a lot of that is controlled by the maker of the cards. You may not have an understanding of this, but a lot of card manufacturers only print so many cards and then they stop, right? They're not going to continue to print new ones in the future. This is what creates that limited availability and also helps drive up the price and to get people to go out and make additional purchases. Now, it's been pretty crazy recently at being able to grab onto these cards because of all this additional attention, so much that Walmart had recently made a release talking about ceasing or suspending the sale of these cards inside of their stores. So the because of this, right, this is going to really start to hurt the manufacturers if that is one of their main segues of selling cards, right, they're going to have a decreased number of sales. So what's a great way for them to now dive into this space? Well, looking at NFTs. The reason people want to hold on to a physical card are two reasons, right? A, they want to be able to play it inside of their deck, show off to their friends, but B, it's a collectible item. A lot of times, collectors go out and they purchase these cards, they'll slide them into a card sleeve and set them on their desk, they'll set them into a binder, they put them on to display in their home, and they don't even use them to actually play a card game. Well, that's where NFTs are super coming into this space, is that now you'll be able to hold a digital collectible version of that card. And what's even better about that is rather than it just being a flat piece of artwork, more can be assigned to that particular NFT. Let's use for an example here, and let's tap into Magic the Gathering. Now, they have actually announced that they are looking at NFTs in the future and how they can incorporate that into the card game. So think now, you head to the store, you make a purchase, you're not sure what's going to be inside of a pack, you rip it open and you find random cards. One of the main reasons to do that is to find those valuable cards that you're in there searching for. When you find it, you have a fantastic card that, again, you can use in games, you can place on your desk, you can put up for display. However, now, in a very similar fashion with NFTs, you'd be able to open up a digital pack, per se. And this is very familiar for people that are in the gaming industry uh, through a concept called loot boxes. For those of you that are unaware on what a loot box is, it is a package that, when opened, randomly assigns you uh, some various goods based on rarity level, right? And so there is going to be an algorithm that determines how often those cards or those NFTs are able to show inside of this particular package. So the scenarios met, you've opened up your package, and you received some of these possible magic NFTs. Now, instead of just receiving a card that you're able to put up on your wall or on display, you could receive a bit more than that. You could still receive the card. You could still get that digital artwork. However, since it is a digital experience, there's more that could happen. Perhaps they could provide you with a small little scene that plays out every time you click on the card. Perhaps there could be some voice acting that's assigned to that particular card so you could see that hero or hear that hero resonating in your mind, right? And so that's a bit more than just having that physical card. Again, it's, it's adding reality and it's creating something new out of something that you've previously had, which is going to give these NFTs a lot of value. But of course, it's also going to allow you to create your own digital collection. 
If you're familiar with taking pictures on, let's say, an iPhone or even an Android device, right? You can create albums that you can then share with your friends. And sometimes I think there's a challenge to see who can go to some of the coolest places in the world, whether it's a tropical vacation, whether it's climbing a mountain and snapping some of the best pictures. In this situation, now you'll be collecting these digital magic cards or these other digital collectibles and putting them inside of your own collection. It now comes down to how cool can your collection be? Who has the most valuable collection of cards that they've collected and are able to share with their friends? Getting people excited to want to dive in and see exactly what people have collected, to see off on some of those cool, unique videos or some of those cool experiences, which are then going to make them want to chase all of those down, which is where NFTs really come into play, right? They do have value. They can be traded publicly. Right? So if you hold on to that particular NFT, there's nothing stopping you from selling to someone else. So that's a great another use case of this space. But what's really fantastic about this is rather than just big business being able to capture and use these NFTs to help as an additional source of revenue, it also adds an additional source of revenue for some of the people that need it most. And when I talk about that, I talk about smaller creators that are getting into this space. Again, we mentioned people like musicians. We had mentioned digital artists. But there's also, if you're a TikTok user, I've seen a lot of TikTok celebrities starting to create their own NFTs. And essentially, what they're doing is they're taking their posts and turning that particular post into an NFT. So perhaps if you see your favorite TikTok star and you want to, uh, you know, browse their channel and you find something that you think is just darn hilarious, well, now you'll have the ability to purchase that particular post, right? Now, again, there could be various perks that they assign to making that purchase, but at the very least, you'll know that that one is yours, right? Because you can make that purchase. And the great thing about that is you're supporting that particular creator as you're doing it. So if you're in this space, you're very familiar with making donations over things like Twitch or subscribing to someone or even just throwing some money at them through their Venmo that they've put in their bio across some of their other social channels. Well, when you're doing that, although it's great because you're supporting that creator, there's nothing really that you're getting in return except for maybe a thank you or being shout out across their channel. Now, with NFTs, you're still able to get that fantastic encouragement from yourself for supporting your favorite creator, but you're also holding on to something from them. You now own that piece of their content, and you can sit back and content and add that to your particular gallery, which is really interesting. I'm really excited to see how individuals' galleries continue to grow over the future as NFTs become more and more popular. Because theoretically, right, what we've been talking about here over the past few minutes We could have a gallery that has a few magic cards in it, and then you could have the same gallery, a few TikTok posts, and then maybe a few songs, and then a few pieces of art. So it's interesting because you could really get to understand an individual based on the various NFTs that they've been collecting or that they've been adding together. Now, of course, a lot of these collections are going to be branded, right? And so in your Magic the Gathering collection, you'd probably only have Magic the Gathering cards. Perhaps if you're collecting TikTok items, you may only see other TikTok posts. But there are other platforms there where you can mix in a whole bunch of different types of NFTs. So again, you can see this big understanding of a picture. 
Who knows? In the future, that might even be one of the things that you link into, you know, a dating app or something like that to get an understanding of exactly who it is that you're diving or going to be spending your life with. Hey, if it turns out great, or at least you'll know how creepy they are before you head into a date with them by the type of things that they find themselves interested in. And it's, it's a really fascinating topic to continue to see these grow. But not only that, NFTs also continue to expand and continue to open up uh, new ways for businesses to be successful. I was actually in a clubhouse conversation the other day, and we were talking about the option of video games and how games themselves can be tied to NFTs. So think about this scenario. If you were to head into your local game store, or you know what, let's let's actually say you jump on to your, your PS5, your Xbox Series X, and you go and you make a purchase of a new game. Well, that's great, right? You're probably going to buy it for $59.99, or if you're on the PS5 or Xbox, you're going to be purchasing that for $69.99. No, that's it, right? That's the price. Unless they're running a sale, you're pretty positive that's where that price is going to be. Now, the interesting thing about that is those prices do tend to stay the same for a long period of time. They do change based on the feedback that's presented to them by the developer, by the game store, or by the review community. However, Companies like Nintendo tend to keep their prices very similar for extended periods of time. I mean, they have games that are years and years old that are still sitting there at their exact same price that they had at release. Now, this can be a turnoff to a lot of individuals that are looking to step in and make that purchase. What's unique about this is if companies were to assign games to an NFT, owning that NFT would give you a license then to play the game. Right? So again, you purchase the NFT, you now have a license to play it. Where this gets interesting is if a company wanted to put a limited number of those games out into the world. What this could then allow for is the game's price to fluctuate by the interest. So thinking how this could work in the future, possibly when a game first released, it would be a little bit more expensive. Now, of course, the company could cap where that price level is, or they could just see where the market takes it. More popular games would release for a higher price, which could be interesting because a lot of times those more popular games did have a higher budget and there was a lot of value put into making the game, so the developer needs to quickly recoup on those costs. Then, as the game loses popularity and as less people start to play it, it's going to decrease in value. Again, NFT's price exists on how much someone is willing to pay for it. If there are less people that want to play that particular game, its price is going to continue to drop and drop and drop, which means that if you're one of those people that are waiting for a sale, well, now you don't have to wait for a store or a publisher to decide when that sale is going to happen. All you have to do is wait for the interest to start to drop and you'll be able to dive in and make that purchase at any time. Now, theoretically, if that price were to never drop, it would mean that there is still a thriving community in that space, and that price is probably still justified even at that later down-the-road time. So it's quite a unique concept that I think really could start to enhance and grow and allow developers to do unique things with their games. Of course, outside of the gaming space, uh, there's also... You know, just the understanding of things like being able to jump into uh, like gifts, 
right? Um, or even again, uh, the concept of music and art and being able to create this really, really fantastic digital library of all sorts of good things. So NFTs, I think, are going to continue to grow in this space as more and more companies get an understanding of how to use them. Now, if you're really curious about NFTs and you want to dive in uh, and see some of the things that you could jump in and purchase, well, there's a really great place to do that. One of the websites that exists out there is OpenSea.io. OpenSea.io is a it's a peer-to-peer platform where you can dive in and see all of these unique items that are listed. You can get an understanding of what that that NFT is, and then you could go ahead and make the purchase. Right now, a lot of times to have an NFT, you are going to need to set up a digital wallet to be able to store those particular tokens. Now, there are a bit more streamlined processes to diving into that, right, that you'd be able to capture and and hold. However, that wallet is going to be one of the most typical ways. And on that conversation, when we dive into blockchains and talk more about that, we'll also talk more about wallets and how you can set yourself up with a wallet in ways that you can get more involved in this space. Now, I had mentioned in the beginning of this podcast uh, that there was even a, a tweet that had started to be sold. And I wanted to kind of quickly recap on that one because I do think that is pretty darn interesting. So for those of you that are familiar with Jack Dorsey, uh, he is one of the co-founders of Twitter. uh, And he actually recently sold his first ever tweet as an NFT. And that was for more than $2.9 million, which is pretty interesting. But think about that, being able to say that you own the co-founder of Twitter's very first tweet. It's a really unique, really awesome collectible that there are a lot of people would want to be able to say that they have. And, you know, when you're talking about those types of values and, and those types of items, it also is getting more and more popular, you know, to, to use these uh, to raise money for, for charity and things of that nature. A similar item that we were talking about earlier that if you want to dive more into this space is through NBA Top Shot. Now, I had mentioned NBA, where you could dive in and collect these special moments that have happened across that time period. Well, if you head over to NBA Top Shot, you'll actually get to open up some of those digital packs that I was talking about, and you'll collect a bunch of NFTs that you'll then be able to view inside of your gallery. All of those items actually exist on their website where you can trade them, you can make offers, and again, create a pretty awesome experience around moving those NFTs, because right now we are in a world where people love to collect, they love to sell, and find new ways to generate money for themselves, and these NFTs are becoming a growing space to do that. Now, that being said, I I do want to mention, right, that NFTs, although are very interesting and exciting, can be a bit of a financial burden. First thing, to remember is NFTs, again, their price is generated based on the public's purchase price, right? They all come down to what someone is willing to pay for them. Again, just like any standard collectible, whether it's a baseball card, whether it's a prop from a movie, you may have that in your home, but if somebody isn't willing to pay for it, then it's not worth anything. If there are other collectors, which there's probably a pretty good chance that there are, that do want to purchase that, that value is going to go up based on what they are willing to bring to the table. The exact same thing happens with NFTs. There is no assigned value. And again, that's where these very much differ from fungible tokens, such as something like Bitcoin, 
right? Bitcoin has a value. It's always workable with another Bitcoin. Whereas again, these non-fungible tokens are not always worth exactly what another one is worth, right? It's again, you know, a Bitcoin is equal to a Bitcoin. A NBA top shot um, NFT is not the same as a TikTok NFT. And that being said, an NBA top shot NFT isn't always guaranteed to be equal what another NBA top shot NFT is. Each one is valued differently from everything else inside of that space. So do keep that in mind that there is a little bit of risk when diving inside of this space. But on top of that, you know, just like if you were to purchase stocks and hold on to them for a long period of time, and then you were to sell those, right? There's something that's understood as a capital gains tax, where you're going to be right receiving a sum of money, you're then going to have to pay taxes on that when that sale happens. Well, the same thing is happening with NFTs. So if you were to make a ginormous collection and spend a lot of time and money investing and finding the best NFTs that you could purchase, and look, I guarantee that there are some of you out there now that are already have an Excel spreadsheet going, looking at ones that you think that you can make purchases at at small values, and that'll grow over time. And congratulations, because that absolutely is a thing. But just understand that when you do go to make those purchases, right, or to sell those at the end, there are going to be taxes that are incurred. And what's a little different is that NFTs currently are being viewed as collectibles, right? So that capital gains tax that you would typically associate with selling a large number of stocks may not even totally apply here. It might be a, a collectibles gains tax, which is even higher than your standard capital gains tax. So you're going to be taxed very heavily on the sale of these various NFTs. So kind of two main things there to, to keep in mind and to always know and plan out for, right? You don't just want to look at what's popular and make a very fast decision without getting a bigger understanding of how it's going to work for you in the long run. So let's recap a little bit about what we've talked about on this inaugural episode, right? So NFTs, again, are a non-fungible token. They are something that is becoming very big in the tech space, in the creator space, because they are allowing individuals to create additional value around things they're already doing, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's a video capture, right? And they are able to be sold and collected by digital collectors who then have the ability to trade and or sell them in the future. I have many friends that I know love to dive in and trade cards, and I can't wait to see what they start to do inside of this NFT space going around and trading those digital collectibles. Now, again, all of this is based off of a blockchain, which we are going to go into more detail on a little bit later this month as we continue through this Borderline Brilliant series. Again, Borderline Brilliant is a, is a brand new podcast that I'll be talking with on a regular basis. Every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you'll be able to tune in to see exactly what our topic is going to be for that particular week and get an understanding of a topic in a little bit more detail. As I'd mentioned in the beginning, sometimes it will just be myself, and then other times I'll be bringing in special guests, whether they are from the industry, uh, whether they are from the community, or whether they are a personality that you may already be familiar with. 
the last Saturday of each month. Again, you can tune in, ask questions about anything that we've talked about throughout that month. So right now, if you're sitting there and have a burning questions about NFTs, the best time to do that is going to be on that episode on the last Saturday of the month, which you can find over on twitch.tv slash Neptune. If you're looking to get that question answered a little bit sooner, well, then of course, you can also head over to my Instagram at Neptune Gaming and feel free to send me a DM where I can respond back to you with any additional answers. I want to thank everybody for coming out this evening and learning a little bit about NFTs, and I hope that you join us here in the future again. Again, this was the first episode, so we were staying a little bit shorter, right around that 30-minute mark. However, your your typical borderline brilliant episode will be sitting anywhere between the 45-minute episode mark to the hour. When we have special guests on, we'll definitely be probably sitting around that hour time point just to get everybody to, to get all their information out into the public. Well, it would really help us out if you'd dive in and, and leave us a positive rating on the channel that you're on, if this was something that you enjoyed. And I do hope you learned a little bit about something tonight. And although it may not have been completely brilliant, I do hope it was at least borderline brilliant for you. Thank you so much. As always, I'm Andrew Boulay, and I hope you have a fantastic evening. I'll catch you next week right here on Borderline Brilliant.